Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. First time in my, well, I don't know if it's my life because I have driven pickup trucks and stuff like that where it's happened, but first time not driving a great big truck where I have put $100 worth of gas into my vehicle. It's a V6 SUV like everybody on the planet drives these days. And, um, you know, when you go to the gas pump and it tells you 50, 75, 100, whatever you want, I thought, usually I'll hit 50, maybe 75. And I thought today or on the weekend, I thought, you know what, I'll push 100 this time because last time I got gas cost me over 90 bucks. So okay, I'll push, I'll push the 100. Well, I hit the 100, and it stopped. I don't know how much farther I could have gone. Not much, I don't think. Um, but holy cow, I think the price of gas, and that was with a $0.04 cent off, like it was at the Safeway where you get the $0.04 cent off thing. So, I mean, good Lord, if I didn't have that. Anyway, you know, you know the deal. I mean, we know what's going on with the price of gas. Now, everybody has an idea or an opinion or whatever on where we should be focusing our outrage every time we fill up. Carbon tax is a very popular target in Alberta, as you know. Um, well, that's 11 cents on the dollar ninety. Okay, fair enough. It's 11 cents. Uh, the federal government, under intense pressure to do stuff with gasoline taxes and GST on fuel and all the rest of that stuff, so far they haven't done anything. Uh, and then there are those who've decided to put the pressure and the onus on oil and gas companies to give back uh, some of the profits that they're seeing right now. Is that a good idea? There's a, there's a school of thought out there that, yes, they're making off like bandits. It's not fair. And um, they should be offering some relief. Our next guest says, yeah, that might not be the best idea. We're going to chat with Donna Kennedy-Glanz, who is Alberta's former Associate Minister of Electricity and Renewable Energy and the author of Teaching the Dinosaur to Dance, Moving Beyond Business as Usual. Uh, Donna, thanks for joining us again. Always nice to chat. Oh, great to hear from you, Shay. It's a pretty tough topic you're exploring this morning. It really is, and I think it, it hits all of us. And like I say, everybody's got a thought or an opinion. And you know what? Like I said, if you take a look around the world... Um, Oil and gas companies are being targeted in some locations. The UK has brought in a, a windfall tax of, of 25%. Joe Biden went after Exxon last week saying, hey, stop with the share buyback, start giving some relief to the consumer. So there are definitely places where the finger's being pointed at oil and gas. Is it wrongheaded to focus on these companies that really are doing quite well right now? It, it's understandable. The frustration is legitimate. Like you talk about filling up your tank, and it, it cost me $125 to fill up my SUV yeah. last week. It, it was shocking. I, I was shocked. I live in Calgary, and I should be happy because it's you know generating income for the province, and people are getting jobs. But it was still sticker shock, and and there is a sense of oh my god, what do I do? It's it's understandable that people point fingers because they want a solution. And it's really frustrating that there isn't a solution. In uh, Petrobras CEO down in Brazil just got fired uh, today um, because he wanted to raise their company, wanted to raise the price of petrol in Brazil. And politicians, I was the minister for a while in electricity, politicians know that when electricity prices go up or gasoline prices go up, their electric, 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 
Oh, my electability. Is that, is that right? the word you're after? That word. That's the word <laughs> I'm after. Is very much at risk. Yeah. It's a big election issue. Nobody wants to be the minister of electricity. I can assure you of that. So it's kind of a. If people know that, you know, politicians know they've got to do something, and at least they've got to look like they're doing something. And in Canada, in Alberta, it's good to see that we've got some fuel price rebates. We've got people keeping eyes on competition. We don't have that many refineries. Those are, you know, we don't have uh, that many pipes. We've got a limited, you know, ability to deal with that commodity, the same in the U.S. So good scrutiny on those things so that people aren't gouging, companies aren't gouging. It's important to look at those things. I'm not suggesting that for a minute we don't go after companies who abuse that, but Right now, to say, you know, that some of the language that's being used in this anti-gouging legislation being passed in the United States, it's, you know, big oil is evil. Um, how helpful is that as your starting point? It's just uh, big oil went without for a while. They didn't make a lot of money. Now they're making money like crazy. Is it a windfall? The legislation that was passed in the U.K. was very carefully articulated articulated so that people could see that, you know, you didn't do anything to earn that. It truly is a windfall. So there is an argument to be made, but if you're an investor in those businesses and all of a sudden the upside gets taken away um, through no fault of your own, it's a tough, it's a very tough question. And now Biden's talking about putting a 10, 10% tax on share buybacks uh, mm-hmm. by energy companies. So it's, it's a very wobbly time. And all I'm trying to say, Shay, is standing there and pointing fingers and demonizing the other side. The government's not doing yeah. enough. Companies aren't doing enough. It really it, it gives people the illusion that there is a fix. There is no easy fix here. We need all solutions. And I think in Canada, going to the feds and saying, you know, what about those fuel tax rebates? What about GST? Yeah. Um, and of course, carbon taxes has been on the table for a while. Consumers need relief. But thank God we live in a country where we actually have the energy, Shay. Yeah, yeah. People in, Germ- in Europe now are going back to coal. Wow. Donna, not only, I mean, it, it gives the illusion that there's an easy fix here, which, as we're starting to find out, there, there clearly isn't. But when you also, and some of the legislation and, and some of our political leaders in this country, as you say, have been talking about gouging which really demonizes an industry where you better damn well have some evidence of some shenanigans going on, right? I mean, if it's just business cycles and this is the way that it works, um, that's business cycles and the way that it works. There's no wrongdoing there where you can actually say somebody's gouging. Exactly. I mean, I think we need to pay attention and we've got watchdogs who can pay attention to the price of gasoline. Why does it go up in certain places? Why does it go up overnight? We know those questions and we can go back and look at the refineries. Was there an outage? Can we reschedule that outage? Let's really, really, really make sure that we're working hard to keep supply as steady as we possibly can. Of course, we want to do those things. But to say that the whole industry is evil, um, big oil companies are ripping off Americans and pocketing record profits for CEOs and shareholders. Like that kind of language as the precursor to an investigation on gouging uh, just sets the tone for a. For no conversation, frankly. What about, you know, the fact that we talk so much about investment in oil and gas, especially here in Alberta, and the things that are done to scare it away, to chase it away, and the things that are done to attract it. When you have this, 
uh, an attack, I mean, I guess in some cases, on the oil and gas industry and this sort of finger-pointing and blaming oil and gas. What does that do for investment, for growth, for the industry itself? I think it's a tricky thing. A lot of the inv- I talk to a lot of the investors in oil and gas to see what their take is on all of this, not just in Canada, but a- around the world. And and some of them are just saying, you know what, it's short-term investment. I'm going to ride this out. I-, I can live with this. I talk a lot to people who are invested in the oil sands because that, I mean, you've got a, not only do you have a cap on carbon on the oil sands, but then you've got the feds, our federal government now saying, we're going to put some sort of cap on oil and gas emissions. And how is that going to affect oil and gas. There is a lot of uncertainty right now, and I think the, the investors in that sector really do understand that there's high risk. What I think it's doing is scaring away non-Canadians. Like a lot of, look at the oil sands, again, in particular, a lot of Europeans, a lot of uh, Asians are leaving that marketplace because they just say there's just too much uncertainty. We can't figure it out. And so they do heavy, heavy discounts on it. So it's two things, the the shareholders and then the the energy investors, the companies that are going to go in and explore. I mean, we're not doing much exploring in Canada anymore. We're doing a lot of production. And and in the oil sense, almost looks like manufacturing. It's a very big change up. I've worked in the sector for over 30 years, and these are massive, massive changes that will be with us for a long time. Are we looking at the wrong thing here? I mean, the price of the pump, like you say, it shocked you, it shocked me, I'm getting text. So, I mean, this is where it sort of becomes reality for for all of us, right? But should we be a little more focused on what got us here? What are the factors contributing to this? Because in the end, they could be far more important than what we're paying at the pump. I totally agree with you, Shay. And sometimes when you can take a breath and think about... If I lived in Italy or, you know, we lived in Europe, what what would that look like? If you were Germany and a country that looked at the Fukushima um, nuclear disaster and said, okay, no more nuclear, and said, we're going to do renewables, invest everything we've got in renewables, cut off the coal, and then have this happen. I mean, they've cut, they're going to get cut off from oil and natural gas from Russia. They're stockpiling their natural gas now because they're worried about it, and they're going back to coal. Now, those are huge shifts, huge changes. I feel grateful that as Canadians, we have access to a wide range of energy resources, uh, renewables and non-renewables, and I'm not ever discounting the importance of, of climate change or the need to change and evolve in that direction, but the energy transition is such a tortured pathway for some countries. We are really, really fortunate. And I know that's not what you think when you're putting your credit that's card right. in yeah. and it's saying 125 bucks for this, you know, fuel tank to be filled. But honestly, that that is the bottom line. It's we're really fortunate. And there, you know, wars happen because people don't have energy. Look at World War Two and Japan. I mean, it, it's we're on a bit of a precipice and i think we really need to pay attention to that we don't have gas rationing here and i don't think we're going to but my god there are people in the west who will have to experience that and there are people around the world who deal with it all the time so i'm not saying pay anything for it we need to be very disciplined very intentional and do the best we can and maybe it means we need more refineries maybe it means we we need to invest in some of this infrastructure that we've been loath to invest in and just diversify um, making sure we have options and i think it's about building options 
Okay. Uh, great discussion, Donna. Thank you so much for your time again. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me, Shay. I appreciate it. That is Donna Kennedy-Glanz, who is Alberta's former Associate Minister of Electricity and Renewable Energy and author of Teaching the Dinosaur to Dance, Moving Beyond Business as Usual. And, you know, I mean, she had a lot of you on the text line making the point, you know, well, where was all these people worried about, you know, regulating um, how oil companies are doing back when, you know, they couldn't sell oil. It was selling in negative territory. And that wasn't that long ago. That was under Jason Kenney. That was like three years ago, something like that. Um, You know, so, I mean... You're in business where it's gone down and now it's come back. It's I can understand why people are saying, "Well, why now? Why are we suddenly pointing a picture, uh, pointing a finger at oil and gas companies?" Because nobody seemed to care that they were really taking it on the chin a few years back.